Hi everyone, Ty here with another chapter to go on to Sage and the Journey to Wish World. So, reminder, you can follow me on Facebook, which is Together Individual Entertainment, and Ty Blog on YouTube and my podcast here on Anchor.fm. Alright, so let's get started. Chapter 4. Let me see your schedule, said Sage, that every evening, standing in the middle of the room in a lavender nightgown, she had cleaned her teeth with her brand new tooth light and taken a sparkle shower to keep her skin shiny and glittery, and she was almost ready for bed. Cassie accessed her hell schedule, and Sage synced hers up with a flick of her wrist. There, one of the common literature's fifth period lit up. As first years, they had all introductory classes. Sage had Wishers 101 first period, Intro to Wish Identification second, and Intro to Wishful Thinking third. After lunch, she had Astral Accounting, Literature into the Wish Fulfillment, and Golden Days. On Shine Days, she had P.E., Physical Energy, and every Luna Day, she had Aspirational Art. And as Lady Stella had told them, the last period class of each star day was labeled study group. Well, we'll have Lancer and our SC classes together. Better than nothing, said Cassie, as she crawled into bed and pulled out her patchwork quilt to her chin. So do you think it's going to be hard to be in classes with everyone else? We have this huge secret we have to keep from basically everybody. Sage fluffed her pillow. It's not going to be easy, she agreed. But she couldn't help grinning. But it's just so exciting. I just don't even know how I'm going to sleep tonight. Speak for yourself, said Cassie, yawning. Are you ready for me to shut off the lights? Sure, said Sage. She watched with amusement as Cassie squinched up her face, concentrating on dimming the lights. The girl was having so much trouble that Sage secretly gave her a little help. There, said Kathy, I'm getting much better at my energy manipulation. Sage smiled and pulled the covers over her head. She anticipated tossing and turning, but she was out in moments. It had been a draining star day. Sage was in Illumination Library doing some research. She wasn't making a peek. But, for some reason, the librarian was telling her to be quiet. She hissed. Confused, Sage looked up from her star zap and gave her a, Who? Me? Look? The librarian more loudly this time. Sage shook her head. But I'm not talking, she said in a loud whisper. The librarian said again. Suddenly, morphing into the tall, rude girl, with pale blue bangs from the auditorium. Didn't you hear me say shh? Her eyes grew mean. Oh, that's right. You're an SD. Sad disappointment. That's not what it stands for, Sage yelled. I'm a star darling. I'm going to travel to Wish World right now. I'm going to collect 1,000 times the wish energy of anyone else. Everyone in the library spun around and goggled at her. Their mouths opened in surprise. All too late, Sage realized what she had done. Oops, she said, her heart sinking, 
her adversary and laughed cruelty. You told the secret. Now you can't be a star, darling, anymore. She screeched. Too bad for you. She put her finger to her lips. Shh. Sage awoke with a start. The room was still dark. It was the middle of the night, and she had been dreaming. But then she heard the strange shushing noise again, and it was coming from right across the room. Sage rubbed her eyes. Kathy whispered and giggled. Was bathed in a golden glow. Was Sage imagining, or did she hear a funny little musical buzzing sound? It was quite lovely, actually. I must still be dreaming, Sage thought, and she promptly fell back asleep. When she woke up the next morning, Cassie was sliding in her closet door. Hey, Cassie, said Sage, sitting up in her bed. I had the weirdest dream last night. You were giggling and there was this weird, beautiful sound. Cassie's eyes widened behind her glasses. Dreams can be so strange, she said quickly. Sage frowned. It had all seemed so real. She got out of bed, opened her closet door, and pulled on a long sleeveless lavender dress, lavender tights, and gladiator sandals that laced up her legs. She looked at her reflection in the mirror, nice, flowing, and comfortable. Her favorite combination. Ready for breakfast? asked Cassie. Sage's stomach rumbled. Sounds good to me, she said. She picked up her communicator from the desk and put it in her pocket. As she took one quick glance back over her shoulder, she thought she saw a faint glow coming from Cassie's closet. She was about to say something, but Cassie practically pushed her out of the room. By the time the door was slid shut behind them with a whoosh, it had completely slipped Sage's mind. They hopped on the cosmic transporter and joined other students as they made their way to the Celestial Cafe. A door was waving to them from across the room where she sat with her roommate, Tessa, as well as Livia and Gemma. Nice table, said Sage, pulling out a chair and sitting down. The view of the Crystal Mountains was starmendous. As the rest of the Star Darlings arrived for breakfast, Adora waved them over. I have an idea, said Astra, looking around. Let's make this our table. A bunch of girls who graduated last year used to sit here. Now, it could be ours. Scarlet rolled her eyes, but everyone else seemed to think that was a good idea. When Sage, Sage's breakfast arrived, she discovered that she didn't have much of an appetite to, too excited to eat. She picked up her star cakes. She was amused that the usually anxious Cassie polished off her bowl of sparklios, a glimmering cereal that Sage's mom would never buy despite her little brother's begging and pleading and even asked the bop-bop waiter for seconds. Certainly, Cassie, it said, zipping off to the kitchen. Sage zipped at her streaming mug and zinged and moved her food around on her plate. So tell me, where are you from, Cassie? She said to her roommate. Old Prism, Cassie told her. Sage nodded. Old Prism was a medium-sized city about an hour from campus. It was one of Starland's original settlements and was a popular tourist destination. Sage had gone there once on a class trip. Do you have any starkin? Sage asked. Cassie shook her head. Lucky, said Sage. So, it's just you and your mom and dad, huh? 
Cassie even paused a moment, then nodded. What do your parents do? Sage asked. My mom is a scientist, and my dad works for the government. Rand stays in the with us a while. My parents are at work. Cassie thought for a moment. My mom works at the old prison museum, and my dad is a doctor, she said softly. Well, I mm, miss... Well, I'm sorry. I miss them at drop-off stage, said. I guess I'll meet them at parents' weekend. We could go all out for lunch or something. If you don't mind, my crazy little brother, that is. Cassie stared at her bowl. Maybe, she said. Their stars eyes began to vibrate and flash. It was time for first period. The girls all stood and gave each other encouragement smiles. I'm off to Wishers 101, said Sage. Well, that sounds way better than astral accounting, said Cassie. Boring! I'll have that soon enough, said Sage. Have fun, Cassie! The two girls left the cafeteria and headed in opposite directions. Sage walking into Constellation Classroom 113. She stepped inside the room and immediately felt the nervous excitement of all the students. The first class of the first star day at the top wish-granting school on Starland. Pretty and Starmendous Sage settled into the seat, which immediately adjusted itself to her body. Ah, comfort. She listened carefully as the teacher began to speak. Her star zap was recording everything. And when she went to bed that night, she would put on her headphones and play back the lectures from the star day that she wouldn't absorb the information as she slept. It was the most efficient way to study. Welcome to Wishers 101, the teacher said. An older woman with piercing blue eyes and fading purple hair. She was draped in colorful star-covered clothing and clutched on a blue staff. She was hunched over and very wrinkly. My name is Professor Ilara Ursa, and I am a former wish granter. With the greatest number of wish missions, of any wish granter in Starland history, she said in a rhapsody voice, she was quite mm, intimidating. Wishlings and Starlings look remarkably alike. The professor began, Wishlings have a range of different skin, eye, and hair color, just as we do, but their natural tones are not as vivid as ours, and their skin does not have sparkly glow. But never fear, once you have graduated and are on your way to your first wish mission, this will be easily adjusted by putting your hand on your wish pendant and repeating these words. Starlight, star bright, the first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. Sage repeated the words and to herself just for practice. There are many other differences that you must be aware of to be able to blend in seamlessly on wish world. The teacher cautioned clothing is one. Each star's app comes with an outfit changer to, so you can select wishling clothing. Their clothing is made from materials found only on this planet, and they do not have access to stain-free fibers. That grow is abundant on Starland. A girl with short, bright orange hair raised her hand. Professor Alara Ursa pointed at her. Yes, what is your name? Twila, said the girl. What is your question, Twila? Does that mean wishlings actually have to wash their clothing? Twila asked incurably. Professor Ilara Ursa nodded. 
They do. Also, their clothing eventually wears out and often need to be replaced. The room buzzed. That was so very strange. Wishlings also have to clean their homes? Professor and Laura Ursa continued, They do not have self-cleaning houses like we do. Wishling may spend many hours a week keeping their surroundings dirt free. Another student raised her hand. So does that mean they don't have vanishing garbage? Sadly for them, they do not, said the professor, trying unsuccessfully to hide a disgust impression. None of their trash disappears, but driving a giant truck that is loud, ride around and grab cans full of garbage and dump it into massive crushing machines. She closed her eyes and shook her head. Absolutely disgusting, she muttered under her breath. But Sage, sitting close by, heard her, collecting garbage and what a strange thing to do. Sage was surprised. Life on Wishworld sounded a lot more primitive than she had ever imagined. A girl in red raised her hand. What is the weather like on Wishworld? How will we know how to dress to blend in? An, ex an excellent question, said Professor Elara Ursa. Wishlings have four seasons, as we do, but they have different names. They call the time of be beginning, the time of the time of new beginning, spring. The time of luminaire is called summer on Wishworld. They call the time of letting go fall, and the time of shadows is known as winter. The temperatures vary widely depending on where you are, and your outfit changer will only access weather appropriate outfits. Interesting, thought Sage. She'd never be able to keep all that straight. Do they celebrate the same holidays as we do? A serious look looking girl with purple and pink tails asked, They do not, answered Professor Laura Ursa. Wishlings celebrate the new year in the middle of Time in the Shadows. This is followed by the holiday celebrating love and affection called Valentine's Day. They give each other paper cards expressing their admiration for each other and gifts shaped like a heart organ. Some of these hearts shaped contain delicacies called chocolates. And Wishlings think it's delicious, but it's really dreadful. If you ever are offered a chocolate, I highly recommend turning it down. This is followed by a holiday when many witchlings wear green and march in parades. The men in skirts play noisy instruments. There are also holidays celebrating eggs and rabbit and the one when they eat a lot and say thank you. Witchlings place large fir trees in their homes which bloom with attractive ornaments. Then they place colorful wrapped boxes underneath. The girls laughed. How bizarre! Yes. Wishling and their holiday can be quite strange. The professor concluded. The sage thought the Wishling holiday sounded interesting. But she felt sorry that they didn't know anything about Starland holidays. Imagine not celebrating the Festival of Illumination. When family and friends got together to eat cocoa moon filters and set off light rockets at night. Or Starshine Day, howled out the warmest star day of Lumineer, with hiking, rock climbing, games, and sing-alongs of traditional songs, or going door-to-door -to -door with her brothers on life-giving day, then returning home for a Zoomberry cake. She couldn't imagine life without any of those special days. Sage had 
was spinning. There was so much information to take in, life on Wishworld certainly was different. She hoped it would all be absorbed by her brain overnight because she was having trouble concentrating at that moment. There is so much for you to learn about Wishling culture from Professor Ilara Ursa. Wishworld is a complicated, very odd place. She smiled, but don't take my word for it. As part of this class, we will brutally go to the Wishworld surveillance deck and do some Wishworld Wishling watching. Come, let's go right now. Wishworld Wishling watching. The girl named Tweely repeated with a laugh. Try saying that three times fast. And then she did, unsuccessfully. Sage tried it herself as she stood and joined the others. Filling out into the classroom, but she couldn't do it either. She followed the group down the long hallway to a flash vertical mover that was waiting for them. Its glass doors opened, they stepped inside, and the doors were shut shut. Sage's ears popped as the mover gained speed, taking them up, 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 the enormously high tower. But she swallowed hard as it was the ground below and the buildings of Starley Academy became tinier and tinier. Luckily, she wasn't afraid of heights. Ding! They had arrived. By neatly dodging around the other students as they excited the mover, Sage was first to push open the glass door and step outside onto the surveillance deck. She froze she had never seen anything more spectacular. The sky was so clear she could see in the Bluzel's star-twinkle distant planets. Glowed and, and every so often the white hot shooting star streaked across the sky. She wondered if someone was on the way down to Wishworld at that very moment. Sage finally understood the true meaning of the word breathtaking. Welcome to Wishworld surveillance deck, said Professor Ilar Ursa. Find yourself a telescope and start observing on the ledge of the deck, where dozens of large telescopes, although there were more than enough for everyone, the students bumped into each other in their excitement to get them. Sage found a free telescope and placed her hand on it. Cool metal surface. She put her eye into the eyepiece and peered through. Then, she jumped back in surprise. Everything was so close before leaning forward for another look. The telescope was so incredibly powerful that it was as if she was right there on Wishworld, not on a distant star Moonium's of Fluzels. A way in which she could not believe her eyes. It was so shockingly magnificent that for a star sec, she thought it might be a dream. She saw a female Wishling watching with the small furry animal in the park. She had suddenly start, she realized just how similar Starling and Wishling actually looked. I see a Wishling animal, she cried. The other students rushed over to take a look and marvel at how adorable it was. Sage thought it was the most, well, almost as cute as her brother's pet Glover. That call, that's called a dog, said Professor Ilara Ursa. Many Wishlings keep them as pets and take them on walks several times a day. She went on to explain that many wishworld animals do not live together as harmoniously as the plant-eating creatures on Starland, which was a lush place with an abundance of plants for the animals to eat. But there were still some similarities 
Scalar forces are akin to wish whirl butterflies, a blobber beans, a lot like wish whirl lightning bugs. Wish whirl horses were the closest animal to a galapagos, a galapagos, sorry, and the lion was a gentle and distant cousin to the wish whirl lion. Sage moved the telescope a tiny bit and the next spotted a young male wishling tossing an oddly shaped brown ball. She paused for a moment to watch the ball arc through the air before a second young male wishling caught, caught it in his hand. They really do look a lot like starling boys, she thought. Just not as sparkly, but still cute. She next noticed a group of small wishling in a circle holding as hands as they sang. To her surprise, they suddenly collapsed on the ground. Was something wrong? But they almost immediately jumped to their feet, laughing out loud. It was a game! It didn't look like such such a fun one to her, but it certainly seemed as if they were going, well, they were enjoying it. As she moved into the telescope, this way and that, watching Wishling at rest, work and play, she listened to Professor Ilara Earth's lecture. She learned that Wishlings were hopelessly behind in technology. Their computers and communicator devices were shockingly old-fashioned in addition. Their modes of transportation were slow and cucumbrous. Plus, they actually had to operate the Wishlings themselves. Oh, how the girls laughed when they saw the funny vehicles Wishlings used to travel. Life on Wish World was very interesting indeed. Sage, Sage, said a voice. Sage tore her gaze from her view to the Wish World and turned around reluctantly. Professor Law Ursa was shaking her head. I've been calling your name for five star minutes, she said. Class is over. Sage looked around, blinking. The Wish World observation deck was deserted. She muttered her apologies and took off horrendously. For her next class, she slipped into the last remaining seat right before the teacher, closed the door, and turned around with the school. My name is Professor Lucretia Delphinisti. And above all, I value timelessness, she announced. Her eyes flashed behind her large black glasses. She was small and intense and immediately began pacing the room. Sage gawked. Way to make a good first impression, she thought. This is wish identification class, said the professor. Once you arrive on Wish World, blend in and find your wisher by using your wish pendant. The most difficult part of your wish mission begins making sure you are identifying the correct wish. This obviously quite critical to your mission and will be the difference between collecting wish energy and returning home empty-handed. A student with long, straight, midnight blue hair and eyes in the color sky at night raised her hand. Yes, said Professor Lucretia Delphinus. She attempted to hop up and sit on the corner of her desk. As she was tiny, she didn't make it at first and had tried a couple of times. Finally, she dragged over a chair and used to climb onto the desk. She settled herself, then stared at the girls as if daring them to giggle at her. The students, completely intimidated, did not. You had a question? 
she asked the blue-haired girl. The girl, nonplussed by her professor's odd behavior, stared for a moment. Um, won't the wish be obvious? She finally asked. Not necessarily, replied Professor Lucradian Delavanist. Here's what happens. When you arrive on Wish World, your star zap will give you directions to find your wisher. When you are near your wisher for the first time, your wish pendant will light up. It will be faint when you are in finicity and glow brightly. When you make an actual contact, that is when you can start trying to identify the wish. This is very tricky because there is often nothing to indicate that you are correct. It's just a feeling you have. Some very innocent perception starling will get a burst of energy when the wish is identified but many will not this couple with the short time frame to complete the wish results in 50 percent failure rate sage was shocked she had no idea the failure rating was so high my goal is to teach you how to ask the right questions become more perspective, sharpen your senses, and be good listeners, Professor continued. Have you ever identified a wish on the first try? A girl in front of the front row asked. Professor Lucradian Delapinus nodded. Sometimes it is easy. Once I introduced myself to a wisher, and she said, boy, you're really friendly. I wish I could be as friendly as you, and I knew that the mission was to build her confidence and help her make friends. But most times, it is not so simple. She put her hand on to her chin. On the one mission, I went on and was fully convinced that my wisher wanted to learn how to tap dance. How to what dance? Asked Sage. Professor Lucradian Delapinus smiled. It's a wishling pastime in which when they do special dances with very small metal plates attached to their shoes. Very noisy. So, what was the real wish? Sage asked. Her actual wish was to get the courage to tell her parents she didn't want to quit. She wanted to quit taking piano classes. Or lessons, I should say. Boy, did she hate them. Professor Lucrania Delapinus said, remembering... I'm still not quite sure how I messed that one up, but luckily I discovered it in time. The next thing the class knew, she had hopped off on the desk and started doing a strange shuffling dance, and I did become quite the tap dancer. The professor finished the dance by extending her arms and shaking her hands, her palms forward and fingers splayed jazz hands. She explained the students just stared Professor Lucrania Delapinus was certainly a character. She cleared her throat and continued her lecture. What makes a wish identification so difficult is that the wisher may have multiple wishes at the same time. They could even have several good wishes. So you may want to make sure. You must be sure to identify the correct wish. Here is why so many wish missions fail. The starling assumes that the first wish they uncover is the correct wish. You really have to take your time to get to know your wisher to make sure you grant the wish that is their heart's desire. The students paid close attention. Wish granting was much more complicated than they had ever realized. Professor Lucrania Delapinus looked at all the confused faces in front of her and softened. Since it is your first day, 
we'll go back to basics. We'll talk about good, bad, and possible wishes. That will be a good way to ease into wish identification. So tell me this, Professor Umlocradia Delphinus said, what exactly makes a wish impossible? The arms of nearly half the class shot up. Yes, said the Professor, pointing to the girl with magnificent hair, or Magneta hair. Wishes that are not within the wishers' grasp. The girl answered, Good. Can I have some examples? Professor Lucretia Delvinus asked. The girl started calling out, Curing diseases, reading minds, flying, all good examples, the teacher said, with a nod. We all wish that things like world peace and curing diseases were not impossible wishes. And how about bad wishes, Professor Fromm? Bad wishes are selfish, Sage said. Yes, anything else? Bad wishes harm other people and don't take their feelings into consideration. Offered another student. Correct. Professor Lucrania Delphinus said, And the last but not least, what is a good wish? Good wishes are those made for something positive, with no ulterior motives, Twila and said slowly. Professor Lucrania dropped her hand together. Excellent girl. Now, let's try this. I'm going to give you three wishes to choose from. Listen carefully and pick the wish which is not only good, but is also possible, the girl's not. Wish number one. A wishling wants, wants her co-worker to perform badly at an upcoming presentation so that she will look better to her to their boss. Wish number two. A wishling wishes for the courage to try out for the neighborhood baseball team. Puzzled expression appeared. So Professor Lucrania Delphinus described an activity that involved a large padded leather glove, bats made of wood and aluminum, and some called a home run leaving the girls more confused than before. And wish number three, a wishling whose grandmother is very sick, wishes that she could do something to make her all better. A girl stopped and that that's easy, she said. It's the wisher who wants to impress her boss. No, 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 said the teacher, writing her hands. Why would wishlings for others to fail be, good, be a good wish? The girl shook her head. I think this is a trick question. She said confidently. It's about her job. So it has to do it has to be a good wish. Professor Lucrania Delphinus put her hand to her head as if she had a sharp and sudden headache. I see we have some work to do, she said. Sage agreed. It was pretty clear that while everyone seemed to know which wish was which in theory, when it was put into practice, it was an entirely different story. Luckily for everyone, the bell rang. It was time to head to the next class of the day. Sage was dismayed when she entered her wishful thinking class and spotted the girl with the pale blue bangs sitting in the front row. It turned out her name was Vivica. And no surprise, she was a bit of an um, obnoxious know-it-all. Sage decided not to let it bother her. Wishful thinking was important in class. Up until then, none of the students had any formal training in wishing energy manipulation. 
it was something you practiced at home with your family. Now that they were at the age of fulfillment, they were ready to own their skills. As you know, positive wish energy is around us at all times. Not only does it power our lights and cars, but we can use it to manipulate things around us with our minds, said the teacher. A short, stern woman named Professor Dolores Ray. She wore sensible shoes with stars on them, and her illuminating glasses were on the lustring around her neck, so she wouldn't miss to place them. We fully expect you all to be on markedly different levels. This is not a competition. By the end of term, you will all be skilled manipulators. But first, we have to assess your skills. So, we know where to begin. As the class watched, the professor pointed to the classroom door, opening and closing it with the ease. She stood up and, with a flick of her wrist, moved the chair across the room. She even lifted one student out of her seat and kept her floating in midair. Professor Dolores Ray was the most talented wish energy manipulator Sage had ever seen, even better than Graham, and Graham was really good. And now it's your turn, said the teacher. After that stunning display, no one was about to volunteer to go first, but finally a girl with short cropped and violet hair was brave enough to try. Professor Ray placed a beautiful stone, a brilliant pink rod angular, on the desk and asked her to move. The girl stared at the gem. Nothing, she frowned, and her face began to turn red. Still nothing? She put her hands to her template and concentrated fiercely. Then the gem began to tremble. It moved forward tiny bit. It was nearly impeccable. But the girl looked happy. Wonderful effort. Professor Dolores Ray said, Don't worry. It will only get easier. Finally, it was the last period. Sage spotted Kathy in the hallway and caught up, falling into the steps beside her. So, how was your day, Sage asked. Cassie sighed. I read my hollow schedule wrong and accidentally went to astral accounting class twice. It couldn't have been as aspirational art or literature, right? And now I'm going to get into trouble for skipping wish identification class. With Professor Pratia Delphinist, Sage asked. Yes, replied Cassie. Sage, Cassie and her probably was going to get into trouble. So, how was your first day, Cassie asked. It was intense, Sage said. I kind of felt like my brain was going to explode, but otherwise it was okay. Where are you going, girls? And someone behind them. Oh, no. Oh, no, thought Sage. She recognized them, that voice, and wished she didn't. Sure enough, it was Vizica. She pushed in between the two roommates and started walking with them. Pretty lame manipulation attempt today, wouldn't you say, Sage? Wait, till it's my turn. Then you'll really see some skill. Sounds good, said Sage. So where are you two off to now? Mimica asked, pushing her bangs out of her eyes. She smirked before adding, Oh, that's right, you're part of the, um, 
she reached, she searched her mind to permanently dense group, she even concluded with a snappy grin. Sage stopped suddenly in the hallway, her temperature rising, students had to step around her, Kathy and Vivica stopped too, Vivica's expression mocking. Why won't these girls leave me alone? Sage wondered. She clenched her hands. Kathy gently put her hand on Sage's arm. It had suddenly claiming effect on her. She took a deep breath. I can't put anything past you, Sage said with Vivica. With forced cheerfulness. Turns out I do need some extra help. She does too. She had a pointing to Kathy. Much of the girls dismayed. Can't be late. Don't want to fall even more behind, she said. Taking off down the hallway, Kathy right behind her. Thanks a lot, muttered Kathy. You actually had to volunteer that information. It was going to get out sooner or later, said Sage. I guess you're right, said Kathy, grunderly. The two reached into the classroom and stepped inside. They sat next to Vega, who was neat as a pin in her crisp blue outfit. The girl with the fuchsia hair entered the classroom and sat in the corner by herself. That's Scarlet, Megan whispered Sage, and she's just weird. She's totally and keeps to herself and super unfriendly. The girl definitely hadn't looked at and was all her own. That day, she wore a black t-shirt decorated with a star made out of silver studs and powdery black tutu. Pink and black striped tights and big black boots. She didn't look at anyone, just gazed down at her desk. The classroom filled up. Gemma entered chattering away to her sister. Leona was the last student to arrive, gesturing dramatically with her hands. Lady Stella and other teacher walked in, into the room. Welcome, Star Darlings, the headmistress said, for these special secret classes. We will have the several guest lectures who will each present critical information. Today, we are lucky to have Professor Marguerite Demir, who is here to teach you all we know about Wishling School. Since we are usually sent older starlings down to grant wishes, our knowledge of Wishling Schools is limited. We will be relying on you to make wish world observation which you can mentally record in the cyber journals as they happen and we will discuss our class upon your return this will prove very beneficial to follow startups as well as to the rest of the starling academy hello students said the professor margaret demir with a warm smile sage was immediately charmed by the pretty young teacher her pink and blue striped hair and was twisted into an elegant updo, and she was wearing a sleek high-collared bright pink dress, scattered with glowing stars. I already know some of your uh, classes from my third year course, which were relations. Several of the older star darlings nodded. Professor Margaret Demir began her lecture and reviewed the star darlings that Wishling children were born with knowledge of basic concepts, they, the way starlings work. They had to go to school to learn simple skills such as counting, spelling, and reading. The upperclassmen were familiar 
with that information. But the younger students, who had learned it only that day, were even more surprised to learn that Wishling children didn't absorb their lessons in their sleep. Their mouths fell open and shocked when they discovered that Wishling children actually read and study books made of paper. Moon and stars, Kathy exclaimed. I would love to see one of those. When class was over, Professor Margaret Demir and Lady Stella stood at the door as the students filed out. Excellent work today, girls, Lady Stella said, and who knows, a wish could be coming through as I speak. One of you may be on your way to Wish World before you know it. Sage tapped her elbows together for luck. She hoped Lady Stella was right. Well, that was the end of chapter four, and I hope to get into chapter five as much as possible. I'm sorry if it took so long, but you know how books are. They just get you right into it. Well, I hope you enjoyed it in chapter four of Sage's Journey in a Wish World.